right? Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to, uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh, or, or, or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, If you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper, and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster hey hey welcome in this is the second episode of filibuster this week if you haven't already go back and listen to our breakdown of dc united's three nothing win over charlotte from last weekend and of course dc now go from hosting one queen city to visiting the other as they uh head to the ohio river valley and fc cincinnati who opened the season really unfortunately for them with a big five nothing loss in Austin. Laurel Failer runs the site Queen City Press. She has claimed the mantle for Cincinnati. Sorry, Charlotte. Uh, she's been kind enough to come back on the show here to help us preview this one. Welcome back, Laurel. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And yeah, definitely the superior Queen City. So I had I to take that name before it was, you know, I knew Charlotte was coming on board. So <laughs> snatched it up first. Absolutely. I, I fault you 0%. For that it was a good decision uh you know our tradition here i have to ask this what are you drinking tonight well i know you guys asked this and i always think i'm missing an opportunity to tout one of the great local beers that we have here in cincinnati but i am like one of the few ohio university grads that got out of there without enjoying the taste of beer so i am drinking <laughs> i'm drinking hot tea so it's uh cinnamon apple okay. or ap- apple okay. cinnamon flavored okay. there you go. but i am nice. at least drinking it you can't see it probably but uh i do have a very cool mug i'm drinking out of from the super bowl because i did get to go cover the super bowl with the Bengals this year so oh, nice. i at least feel like i'm drinking out of a cool cup excellent yeah uh, so I, I mentioned the opener. Was it as bad as the scoreline indicated? I know Lucho Acosta got on Twitter to apologize to the fans for the for the result. Um, but looking, I, I also saw some expected goals numbers that showed it to be a lot more even than the scoreline might have indicated. Yeah, I mean, Austin got five goals or five shots on frame and they all went in. So uh, it was. Wait, wasn't it, Alec Khan supposed to fix that? He didn't have his best game, but I do not blame it all on him. I mean, really, it was five. Well, the first two goals, I'm going to say they were just quirky. They were both off set pieces. The first one was deflected by Brandon Vasquez. Um, 
some people thought he whiffed it looked like he actually he did get a a little touch on it It went right behind him to the back post and they finished it off um and then you know that's the second third minute of the game um so then another one um off a set piece it uh came out for a second chance and um again brandon kind of lost his man um alex ring made a perfectly timed run right into the box on the second chance and put it in uh i did think alex or alec call him alex alec can um i think he could have done a little better on that one but uh because it was kind of just like this bouncer that went he went down low and it went right over his head but uh you know at that point 14 minutes into the game there had we could see the heads dropping you know for a team that struggled so much the last three years and you know a lot of the guys from last year are back so there it it was kind of like and we were all thinking it in the press box too. Like this looks a lot like last year. They struggled against on set pieces last year, um, so it, it kind of it felt like they just kind of lost it at that point. And they did have some really good chances on goal. Like you mentioned, the expected goals they actually had a lot of great chances. They just couldn't put them in. And you you kind of wonder if they would have gotten one back at two zero. You know, maybe it's a little different of a game, but it just it got out of control after the third one. So it was, it was not a good start, but you know, I, I don't think that anyone really went into that one expecting their best performance. They had kind of an odd preseason where a lot of guys were missing. Um, you know, they just got their six who you guys are familiar with and junior Moreno. Uh, he only trained four days and then started the game. So I think there's a lot of pieces that, you know, they just need some time together. So that was a long answer, but <laughs> we are called filibuster. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Perfect. Uh, well, or like I, oh, no, go ahead, Ben. No, uh, well, I was just gonna. I wonder, like, it, like you said, Junior Moreno just got uh, traded to FC Cincinnati for a bunch of allocation money. Uh, it had been, it had been looking like for a while that he wasn't coming back to DC United, um, but. Uh, uh, FC Cincinnati has been known for having a bunch of central midfielders, but now they need more. Uh, um, it, it's it's rough to do uh, assign any any uh, significance to you, Moreno's uh, first game after four days. But how do you think he fits into this team going forward? Is he a key piece to this team, or what, what, what's his uh, ongoing role going forward? He is. Definitely a key piece. That was the one thing that everyone was talking about going into the off season. They needed a number six that could, you know, they had Harris Madunian who he's 37. Now he is great, you know, spraying the ball around, but just doesn't have his legs to him anymore. So um, it's kind of rough when he's in there. Uh, Doesn't look like he does a lot of defending. So uh, they, they needed a number six and, he fills that role for sure. Um, I don't think he's the only solution. I think they still need to bring in more midfielders. They really did nothing else in the midfield this year. Um, they did sign a homegrown guy that uh, Harrison Robledo, who has a lot of promise, um, but he's still young. He's 20 years old and um, getting his first taste in um, at the professional level. So uh, they, they're going to need Junior to, to step up for sure. I do think that um, he showed – some good positive signs, but also 
Uh, I just don't think that the chemistry was there with the back line and him. So the communication just seemed off. The um, there were guys just kind of standing around. Um, that's kind of what led to the first three goals, really. So um, yeah, I mean, he's going to fill a big a big need. Everyone was excited to see that they had just signed anyone at that point. So mm-hmm. maybe you guys can provide some insight on on what to expect from him because we're still a little unclear on what we should be expecting but it seems like he fits he fits what they need at least for now well speaking of that uh laurel this is obviously a season where cincinnati changed a lot in terms of who's making the choices um pat noonan is now the head coach Uh, chris albright is now the technical director these are positions that have been pretty famously not super super well run for cincinnati in the past um i know Obviously, week one was pretty much a disaster, but what is supposed to be happening? What have they said, this is what we want to become? Um, where where are they trying to steer this ship is basically my question. Well, um, they the big thing that they were expressing when Albright came in and then once they hired Pat Noonan, it was just touting MLS experience. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though they're both new in their roles, uh, they do bring a lot of MLS experience. And that was something with um, relying on Gerard Nijkamp, their previous uh, GM. He came from Europe and had to learn all the MLS rules and really kind of struggled understanding um, all the quirks to the league. So uh, that was the big thing that everyone wished they would have done in the beginning because mm. you know they started with one, not really even a GM. It was the president that was playing GM and then um, – did a reset in their first year with Gerard Nijkamp. And then now here we are rebuilding again, but uh, the MLS experience, that's, that's the big thing. It's just uh, even just on, on the roster, just mm-hmm. having more guys within the league that understand the travel, the challenges of, of, you know, going across the country. And um, a lot of the guys that are back, you know, that's another thing, just like having that year from last year, even though it wasn't a great year, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of hope that they've, settled in a little bit and understand um they want to play a more you know the other thing is just in the style um under yop stom as the manager last year it was uh really just kind of sitting back and building from the back to to get the attack going and um they want to have a little more exciting soccer i think they understand this year is probably still going to be pretty rough with the inherited contracts but they at least Mm want to provide the fans a little bit more exciting soccer so they're really focusing on um, just pressuring and getting into the attack and um, really going at it. So hopefully, you know, if I have nothing, uh, that wasn't so exciting, but uh, hopefully in the future, the fans here at least get to watch some more attack-minded game that they enjoy. Yeah, Laurel, I'm, I'm just wondering, um, going back to Pat Newton, obviously he, he was a um, – a coaching option that was uh, uh, well sought after uh, the, 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 this off season, last off season, but uh, FC Cincinnati has uh, cycled through a bunch of coaches so far with uh, Alan Koch, Ron Jans, Yapstam, uh, now. Pat Literally Newman. so many that their social media team can't keep them straight. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, technically it's... the seventh one. If you <laughs> count the three times they yeah. had an interim coach with two different right. guys. So, yeah. Right. Like, does the ownership know 
like does the ownership have a clear vision of what they want does pat noonan fit into the into the vision that the ownership wants that 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 goes through the uh general manager and down through the rest of the club to hopefully not get a wooden spoon this year I mean, ownership at this point, they just want wins. Uh, They they know that, you know, they built this beautiful new stadium last last year it opened up and fans were excited to see the stadium, but then the product didn't match it. And you could see the attendance kind of going down at the end of the year. And um, so they are, you know, I think that in hiring Chris Albright, they, um, they saw what he was able to help Philadelphia do, you know, they, didn't start out that great and really uh, build up through their academy and not spending a lot of money. And here they do have money to spend. So, you know, Chris Albright can take some of the things he learned from Philadelphia and then implement it with maybe some shiny new toys with the the roster that he can build. Um, but yeah, with Pat Noonan, um, he, he is a player or he, he was a coach that, um, you know, also was part of that Philadelphia success. And he had been interviewing for a lot of, jobs over the last couple of years it seems like everyone thought he was ready for this and um you know he surrounded himself with some great assistants you know dom kinnear um kenny arena those are and now they're goalkeeper coach as well paul rogers they all obviously have um solid experience in the league and um that's if you're gonna have a first year head coach then those are the right people to have around you guys that can um, you know, Dom Kinnear has head coaching experience. He can kind of lean on those guys if he needs to. So um, the the goal is definitely to to get wins. Um, I think that they are seeing that, um, you know, just in having some more MLS experience in their front office and in the coaching staff that, you know, FC Cincinnati really, if you look at their uh, results last year, they had, I think it was 12 games that they lost by one goal. And then I think they had eight draws. So that's 20 games that they were right there. You know, the thought was that if they had a little bit more MLS experience, um, maybe they would have changed some of their sub patterns. And, uh, you know, they really ran some guys uh, into the ground that wore down as the losses just started piling up. So I think that if, if they had a little bit more MLS experience on the staff and, in the front office at that point that maybe some of those games would have turned the other way and we wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> with a third wooden spoon in Cincinnati. Right. So I got a question about Pat Noonan's inaugural lineup choice uh, or choices, uh, particularly up front. Brenner is obviously, you know, the the most expensive player on, on the team. He's the young guy with the, you want to sell to Europe eventually one presumes, but he was an unused sub against Austin. Um, should we be reading anything into that? No. So he actually missed the entire preseason. Um, he, well, he came back to Cincinnati to report and do his like medicals and then went right back to Brazil because the rules this year, you, if you are going to have a green card coming in, it has to be in before the start of the season. So he was really close in the process to getting his green card. So they went on and sent him back to complete that process so that he does not count as an international this year. He got it done and arrived as the team was coming back from Clearwater. Um, So he only had one week of training with the team. Um, I think the plan was to get him minutes off the bench to start building that match fitness. But with the score, what it was, and it was rainy and cold, you don't want to put your top player, your most expensive player, 
um, in, on the field in those conditions when it was kind of clear they weren't coming back. So um, I, don't, I wouldn't read anything into it other than just that, um, you know, they just wanted to protect them at that point. So I, I would expect to see them this week for sure. That's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the, the lineup that Cincinnati ended up playing in this game, when you, when you look at the guys that are out there, it's probably most of the way to the first choice group. It's just a matter of, you know, if you put Brenner in, I, I know they started um, uh, Nick Markanich uh, up front and Dom Baji came in for him. Um, I was a little surprised that it wasn't the other way around um, with, with uh, Baji having had some success in, in the past, um, if, if Brenner's good to go, do you expect him up there with, with Brandon Vasquez, or do you expect maybe both forward positions to get shuffled? Um, they really could be shuffled. Um, Dom also, he missed, he didn't play any of the games in the preseason. He was mm-hmm. dealing with some kind of injury. We never really got a clear answer on what happened with him. Cause the first day that we were allowed to go at, go to training, he we were we were told that he had been training and then went in and was just finishing up inside and then um then we didn't see him well they were in clear water the rest of the time so we didn't really mm. get to see anything until they this, came back this to sounds Cincinnati. familiar yeah <laughs> right. I, uh, preseason so fun <laughs> but um yeah he so he was dealing with something so i mean there was a lot of questions going in if it was going to be Brenner and Baji as the two up top. It seemed like that was the plan. Uh, but Brandon Vasquez did have a really strong finish to the season last year. So mm-hmm. I think he did earn an opportunity, but I think um, it could, it could be either. I think any of those three, the combination of those three could be in there. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Mark, Mark Hanick, um, their rookie second round draft pick has been, he was actually, he had a great preseason and definitely earned his contract. So I think he's going to be a guy that will get opportunities, but um, they really just kind of had to throw him out there um, against Austin because they couldn't start Brenner or Baji. And uh, that's kind of what they were left with. So mm-hmm. I would expect him to, to um, get some time off the bench in the future and as he develops and then, I think he could be a good player for them, but I'm not sure. I, it is hard to just to distinguish if Brenner, I don't, I don't know that he would start this week either having not played any games, but mm-hmm. um, maybe a halftime sub or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. How, it's, it's hard to tell what they would do since they didn't get him any minutes at Austin. Uh, so Hernan Losada's teams famously uh, press. They pressed as hard as they have late into the game against Charlotte last week. Is there any indication at this point at how FC Cincinnati handles the press? Oh, I'm going to say that that's very concerning for FC Cincinnati. I, you know, I, I was trying to do some research on DC, and it does seem like uh, just uh, that that quick transition and um, the way they use their wingers and go also just going up the middle like anything anything like that is going to be concerning with the midfield in the state that it is right now um austin really attacked alan cruz on uh would have been going up their right side and then they switched yuya kubo and him so yuya was on the left and um alan was on the right um and then they just you can see austin just went right at at Allen on the other side. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he also was a guy that in, didn't have a full preseason. So 
maybe it was just a, a bad game for him. You know, he's kind of struggled since he had a great first year with the team and then struggled last couple years. And seems like they are hoping that he's back to the form that they saw in 2019, but he, he struggled. And then, um, yeah, just uh, the chemistry with the midfield and the back line is, I mean, I think that's, that puts them at a, you know, that any team's going to be trying to, to move quickly, you know, that speed that it seems like DC is using is, is going to hurt them, I think. So normally I end by asking about how you would game plan, but I think you, you basically answered <laughs> that. Just do uh, what you've been doing. Answer. But there's, <laughs> there is someone we haven't really spoken. He, he came up a couple of times, but we haven't spoken that much about Lucho Acosta. Um, he, he seems pretty obviously to be taking a leadership role in this team and, and really trying to be the best he can be for them. How, how's he fitting in in Cincinnati? How's the fan base responding to him? Well, I can honestly tell you that um, his tweet that he put out today was really refreshing for the fans. That's not anything we've seen from him. Um, he wore the captain's band, armband last year, and I the only reason I could see that they were putting him in that role was because he was the one player that could speak to everyone. Um, he speaks a little bit of Portuguese and then Spanish and English. So he was able to communicate it with everyone. And it seemed like that was kind of why he was uh, the captain. Um, but you just didn't see any real leadership from him. Um, I mean, and I don't, I understand like there, we're not on the field. We're not in the locker room anymore. So I'm sure there were other reasons for it, but uh, just to see him, uh, step up and be a little more vocal and take responsibility. That's something the fans have been really wanting from him. You know, they see him on the field when he's frustrated with a call, just throw his arms up and just frustration and kind of looks like he's stopping. Um, and so the, I think the fans kind of get frustrated with him and just wanting him to just, you know, kind of move on from some of the calls that he's not getting and um, just, you know, show a little bit more, of that vocal, uh, like directing the, the rest of the team. Uh, we saw that from Jeff Cameron. Uh, he's a really good leader out of the back for them. And I was surprised he wasn't the captain. So I think that if, if Lucho can kind of, I think he's understanding that now, just from talking to some people, it seems like he realizes that was something that was missing and he really wants to, well, he really wants to beat DC. I can tell you that. Um, so maybe that's, you know, he's thinking about that a little bit, but, um yeah he he just needs he realizes that he needs to be a more vocal guy and um and just have more accountability and that was great to see today uh, do you do you think that there's a you know with everything that's happened to the team over these years where it's been pretty much a constant struggle and then to open the season the way they did um do you think that the group has within them the ability to sort of, you know, bounce back and sort of meet what Lucho said on Twitter, where he's talking about taking responsibility and improving uh, next week, starting right away. Um, you know, everyone wants that with their team when they've had a bad loss, but the bounce back is tough. And I'm wondering, is there enough there right now with this group to actually do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you could see it in the game Saturday against Austin that it just seemed like it was kind of that feeling of, oh no, here we go again. It's all the same. 
Um, so yeah, that's a big um, challenge for them. And it, you know, DC, you know, the schedule coming up is going to be, it's a tough one for them to, to get points. And you kind of think like, man, they got, they have to do something to um, just change the mentality. And, you know, at the beginning of any new season, there's going to be some optimism, especially when you have a new coach and just some changes, you, you always think, Oh, this is, this is going to be different. And then to go out and have the same kind of performance we saw all year last year. Mm. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say all year cause they were competitive in, in the middle of the season. Um, but just to, to start that way, it's, it is going to be important for them to be able to shake that off and at least, you know, show a more competitive performance on Saturday against DC. Well, we'll see if they can do that or if DC can put them to the sword. Uh, watch it Saturday, 6 p.m. on NBC Sports Washington Plus, Telexitos, DCUnited.com, ESPN Plus, or listen to it because there's radio now on 104.7 Wonk FM or the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Laurel Failer, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, please tell our listeners where they can find you online. Thank you for having me. And yes, I am on Twitter at Laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L, Failer. It's P as in Paul, F as in Frank, A-H-L-E-R. Um, my website is queencitypress.net. I'm also, it's through Patreon, as I know you guys are familiar with. So um, yeah, you can check me out on there. And um, I do have some free content. It's it's mostly behind a paywall because I do, it's, it's my full-time job. So um, I, I'll try to open up some, some recent content that might be helpful to, to you guys, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we are big fans of Patreon. In fact, our Patreon patrons got early access to this episode. And if you want early access, you can go to patreon.com slash filibuster and get all the upcoming 32 previews uh, early. Well, maybe not all of them because there are some midweek games and it's hard to do that, but you know what I mean? Stop criticizing me. Come on. We're doing our best here, people. Find us at blackandredunited.com as well for all of our written coverage of DC United and other soccer teams in our region. Uh, find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at blackandredu for the website. Send us your emails at filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go to your favorite podcatcher and download, subscribe, give us your best ratings and reviews. Uh, we will always be grateful for those and even more grateful when you tell a friend about the show and this awesome preview of Cincinnati that you heard just now. Uh, that does it for us this week. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Do you guys ever think about the Crypt Keeper? Well, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>